You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with your dating coach, Trip from TripAdvice.com. Do you struggle with getting girls to like you? You'll learn step-by-step how to talk to girls to create deep connections, whether it be for <laughs> one night of wild fun, a one-week fling. Are you currently involved in a sexual relationship? Or for a lifelong partner. Full of long-lasting pleasure. Here's your host, Trip. Welcome to the How to Talk to Girls podcast. This is your host, Trip from tripadvice.com. And I want to tell you about a new dating app that I'm using called Luxy, L-U-X-Y. I've been using it. I've been matching with some pretty beautiful, high-quality women. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about it because it is definitely something that I recommend to you. It is a completely free dating app. Of course, there are some upgrades that you can actually pay for and able to possibly message some people that you might not be able to message on the site. You know, with a regular dating app, you know, can't really message anyone. You have to match with them first. But on Luxy, you can actually get a membership where you're able to message whoever you want. And I'm even scrolling through the app right now and seeing some cool stuff on here. They have a moments where people can actually post what they're doing right now. And again, like I said, my favorite part about this is you actually have to get voted in. So if you end up getting voting in to this app, well then what happens is you're gonna get access to all these different types of women that you might not get access to on some of the other dating apps that you're using. So I highly recommend you check it out and they were nice enough to offer you a promo code to be able to get some cool stuff and different types of access on the app itself. So if you sign up and use the promo code TRIP, T-R-I-P-P, then you'll see some cool stuff that you can unlock. And like I said, really cool, different type of app Highly recommend you at least check it out. Lexi, L-U-X-Y, on your iOS or your Android. Now, today's episode is with a good friend of mine. His name is Mr. Adam Galad. Maybe you've heard of him before. He's been teaching guys and also teaching women how to get better at dating and how to attract a partner for over a decade. And he's got a lot of great wisdom to share with you today. He is going to be teaching you about boldness. In fact, he's giving something away. He has something called the 21 Laws of Boldness that he's giving away for free to you so you can start learning about how to be bold. Now, that probably doesn't really mean much to you right now. You're, t- you're probably asking yourself, what, what Laws of Boldness, what, what's, what's that all about? Well, listen to the interview that I'm doing with him because he's going to show you about how boldness works and how to be a bold and courageous guy that will effortlessly attract women. And yes, it is sort of effortless because his advice is so simple. That's why I love talking to him and and hearing some of his wisdom because there's just simple things that you can do today to be more bold and to be more attractive to women. So if you want your copy of that, go to tripadvice.com slash boldness. Again, it's 100% free and it's for you to learn about how to get bold. So to learn about boldness... Before you go get that, again, listen to this interview that I got with Adam right now. He gives some great advice. We talk about some really interesting things. So here it is, my interview with Adam Galad. Hey, Adam, what's going on? Yo, man, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you today. I'm excited to talk about one of your real main topics that you've been teaching for many years now, this idea 
of boldness and living a bold life. And uh, I just find that very interesting beyond meeting women and attracting women. But I feel like that's something that goes even deeper than that and, and can help you in, in so many more areas of your life. But how long have you been teaching this boldness code? Wow. Okay, cool. Uh, first of all, thanks. Well, it, com- it comes out of a lot of things. Um, you know, I was married very, very young at 23, got unmarried in my 30s. I remember my son said to me one day after, you know, I think seeing a few women come through on the weekend, go, uh, you know, Dad, when you were married, you were a pussy. And, uh, and I said, <laughs> you know, son, you're, you're right. I, I really was, meaning I was classic nice guy, classic trying to please somebody into being nice to me, right? And I eventually became friends with Dr. Robert Glover, who I'm sure you know, who wrote a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. Yep, yep, and, I uh, Great yeah, book. Yeah, great guy. He was at my, my recent wedding. Um, and, uh, and and so, you know, when I when I got single, I had zero idea how to date. I had not been, you know, I'd been married since I was 23. I had never been to bars. I didn't flirt. I was very devoted, kind of husband, father, and a big pleaser, you know? And so the moment I got single, I was like a child in the big world. I just didn't know how to date. I didn't know anything. And uh, I just did everything wrong in the beginning. And you were and how thought, old at this point when you were going out there single and, and 39, not? 39. 39. Okay. Yeah. And like, you know, I, you know, all the mommies wanted to date me because I was like the baseball coach for all the kids and they all loved me and I had special cheers for each kid. And, you know, I was writing all these great TV shows for kids at the time, Gargoyles and X-Men and all this stuff. So I was like kind of a hero to the kids and the moms all loved me because I was fun with the kids, you know? And uh, so I thought, okay, I'll just date baseball moms, I guess, for the rest of my life. How to, how to pick up, this is the episode called How to Pick Up Baseball Moms. Yeah, really. <laughs> and they were nice. But I had no idea what was out there until, uh, you know, I started poking around. I found out about online dating. This is in like 2001. And so here's the thing. I'm, a, I'm an Emmy-nominated writer-producer. I uh, did my you know, PhD in literature at Stanford. I, 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 I know something about writing. I know something about language. I know something about um, subtle conveyance of messaging and semiotics and all that sort of fancy stuff. And so I started playing around with online dating with profiles. I started creating – different kind of profiles. And I said, well, I wonder if I can like date someone else, you know, and I wonder if I can date a yoga girl. And so I crafted a profile to attract yoga girls. And then I wanted to sort of see if I can create a draw an athlete. And, you know, I just started going one at a time. How about a bisexual? How do I attract a bisexual? And I really started crafting profiles to attract very specific kinds of women. And it worked, dude, it worked. And um, now remember, I also had two small sons at home, not that small, but I had two sons at home, so I couldn't go out every night, and I don't really like going out every night. You know, I like sitting at home and meeting 20 girls and having seven dates on a weekend. So I was doing, I got picked up on a TV show, a woman on a show called How to Get the Guy, which was an ABC show, saw my profile online, and uh, called me on ABC television. I ended up going on the show, and we dated for almost a year, by the way. Um, by the way, that profile started, and this is a good lesson for everybody. Um, most people uh, put up a profile, what I call men. Most people put up what I call garage sale profiles. And uh, that means here's all my shit, right? Uh, I went to college. I am a lawyer. I, I've been to 13 countries. I water ski. Who fucking cares, right? There's no energy. There's no boldness. There's no edge. There's nothing exciting. There's no heart. There's nothing to inspire women. And remember that word inspire when you ask about boldness. So the first line that she saw, and she read it out loud on on ABC television, I wrote a profile 
to attract exactly the kind of girl I wanted. And this is what I wrote. I didn't write about me. I didn't write a garage sale profile. I wrote you, her, you are inspired and inspiring, vivacious and witty with a great open hearted laugh. Joy swims around you. You can't help it. You know, and it went on like that. Hundreds of girls wrote to me. Oh my God, you described me. <laughs> and I did. I really visioned exactly the kind of woman I wanted to meet. High vibing, happy, enthusiastic, joyful, because I had I had, had the opposite. Now let me ask and you something so, with that. With, with yeah. those, were you doing um, kind of cold reads when you wrote that? Or were you actually writing to a specific type of girl and you know that that specific type of girl would respond to that? I was sending a message to the universe. Send me this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Send me this. There was nobody. Yeah, I didn't know who she was. But women wrote to me. Oh, my God. You know me better than I know me. I have to meet you. I mean, literally, women thought I was following them around. You know? I had profiles that started, you're no cubicle girl. I'm no cubicle guy. We're the kind of couple who. Boom. Right into we're a couple. Right? And then they just, you know, people are very suggestible. It's, uh, it's why hypnosis works and NLP works and politics works and advertising works. You can take people down a path, you know, in a, in a in, not in a nasty way, but a really positive, inspiring way. Right. Uh, and catch their attention instead of just writing some stupid, boring profile. Wow. So anyway, that's kind of how I got started. And then, you know, Dave D, David D'Angelo met him. He interviewed me. And then, I, then everything just blew up because no one had really – looked at language and gender and how women feel words before when dating. And then I've also done it for women to show them how to write a profile that actually how do you speak how do you inspire a man to write to you and really want to meet you. Anyway, so that's kind of a fascinating, weird way how I got into all this about ten years ago. And then I just started teaching. I started teaching seminars. I started getting deep into you know, guys were writing me, well, how do you meet, how do you meet a, you know, I'm, I'm finally meeting women online, thanks to you. How do I meet hotter women? And I'm like, back then, I'm like, I don't know, let's, let's go find out. So I'm in LA. So I have met models and lingerie models and Playboy models, all online, by the way. And uh, beauty queens, uh, by the all, way. Are you, are, all in line, like standing in line at the, at the grocery store? <laughs> no, no. That's David Wygant's method. Go to Whole Foods. <laughs> uh, I love David. Um, no, online, online dating sites. Oh, online. You know? Okay. I was like, oh, inline. Got yeah, it. Right. Got no, it. Got it. No. Who has time? So, uh, so I, I interviewed them. I said, okay, what, is, what, is, what have guys done to get your attention? Your last boyfriend. What do you say? What do you do? What are you looking for? One thing that kept coming up over and over was not confidence, which is what most people kind of look at, but what I started calling boldness or courage, you know, and I'll say two things about the word courage. One is from Brene Brown. You know, she points out that cur, you know, heart, it means heart, like heartfulness, like you're fucking about something, right? That's a big deal, that you have courage, that you're about something, that you're doing something with your life. I was partners with David Data for two years, you know, way the superior man dude. And, you know, he talks about being on purpose and how sexy that is for women, that you, you're about something in the world. And then finally, there's a book I love called 59 Seconds by Dr. Richard Wiseman, who's a professor, very funny guy in England. And it's about how you can change your state or someone else's state in under a minute. And uh, all university research. And one of the things he points out, you don't have to read the whole book because I'll tell you what you need to know now. <laughs> one of the things he points out is that you know the number one thing that turns women on is courage in men. So what does that mean? Courage could be emotional courage, being super raw and vulnerable. It could be financial courage. 
Uh, it could be uh, protective courage, but something, something alive, you know, in you that they can look up to. Because I always say, if women don't look up to you, fucking looking down on you, right? They've got to look up to you and you've got to be about something that is naturally inspiring. Then you don't have to work so hard. You don't have to figure out how to pick up women because they're going to be want to be on your ride in life. And Maybe, I kind of just give me more examples of that. You know, I think the guys that are listening right now are probably like, okay, this is good stuff. How yeah. can I do this? You know, like right. how can I or maybe they're already doing it. They have no idea. How do I portray this? How do I show a girl? How do I let a girl know? You know? Right. First of all, it's how you live your life. And I think uh, you're going to give everybody access to uh, – I wrote a book called The 21 Laws of Boldness, um, which will give you really the grounding of it. And we'll give that to your guys for free. Yep. All you um, got to do is go to tripadvice.com slash boldness and they'll be able to get that. Tripadvice.com. Slash boldness. Slash boldness. Okay, I didn't hear. Okay. Tripadvice.com slash boldness. That's called the 21 laws of boldness. And it's about what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to live on your edge, to vibrate with life, right? To challenge yourself. So look, there's a few basic ways you can break down life, right? Emotional, financial, spiritual, sexual, social, creative, you know, in these areas of life, how are you pushing yourself? Are you sitting home? Watching, you know, e-channel, or are you learning new skills? And what happened with me, Trip, was uh, the first few years I was just playing online and just meeting lots and lots and lots of girls, and it was super fun. Um, and then I started doing cooler things. You know, I started pushing my edges. I uh, I went down to Peru and I did, you know, shamanic ayahuasca with uh, in the jungle with shamans, which totally changed my life, opened me up. I uh, started a company called OneTantra.com, and I gathered all the kind of tantra teachers into one place, which was hard. <laughs> it was like herding cats. I, I started learning new skills. You know, I started doing new things. I started traveling more, doing kind of edgier things. I learned kiteboarding. You know, um, I, I grew my mind, my world. You know, working with David Data, obviously, and I was excited about my life. So, what does boldness? Boldness means being excited about your life, taking action steps to break out of anything that feels like stasis because a man who's not in motion is not sexy. I always say you want to be the train women want to take a ride on, you know? And I mean that in, in with the intentional double entendre. So number 1, right. you want to be able to push your edges, do new things, excite your fucking self about life. And the second part of it, and your question's a good one, how do you convey that to women? How do you convey boldness to women? Well, that's where, you know, approach and dating and all that stuff comes in. And I developed this because I I just loathed game playing. I just hated like – I mean I've been – I know everybody from the beginning of the pickup world. And I've been out with these guys. No walk up to a woman on sunset and go, uh, hey, did you hear the story about Oprah? Or what do you think of this? And the girls look at them like, what the fuck are you talking to me about? Who are you? <laughs> what is this? The Oprah opening? The you know, And like maybe that stuff worked before Neil's book or – but it only works on a certain kind of – drunk bar woman basically but you know you want to be when i say bold approach um you want to be super bold you want to just walk up to someone and start a conversation uh, i have bold approach bold conversation bold touch bold escalation and what that means is on the one hand it's not game playing and manipulation on one hand but on the other hand it's really not being shy or protected it's being really open raw vulnerable say what's true you know, so whatever it is that's true, say it, but say it strongly, right? Don't just come right down the middle. And I have a bunch of ways of doing that. You know, 
So it's like really it's it's like believing in your in what you're doing. Not just believing in yourself, but really believing and taking full force. Like um what's that saying? Like being a fuck yes. You know, you've ever heard that before, like yeah, being sure. a, being a fuck yes, but but being a fuck yeah about everything. Life. Right. And the, and the best and the way the reason most guys and I've been teaching workshops for years. The reason why most guys trip up no pun intended. Um, by the way, that's a great slogan for your company. Trip up. <laughs> like, <laughs> Trip up. There you, you know? go. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that they're self-conscious because they're thinking about themselves. So here's like my foundation for bold interaction with women. Two things. Go with the intention to create a great experience. That's it. And have no expectation. So there's no neediness involved. So you go in with a, just a a profound desire to create a good experience, when your attention is on the other person, you can't be self-conscious, right? So whether it's funny or curious or edgy or insightful or sexy, whatever whatever mode you're in with a woman, um, if your intention is just to create a great experience for her, then all that nervousness about yourself goes away. Right, right, because you're not focused, you're not inward. You're not focused right. inward. You're not listening to all those thoughts that are going on in your head about how much of a loser you are and, and it, does she like me? And I think that's I, one of the problems, you know, the, how addicted we become to those, to those thoughts about ourselves, or those, um, those false ideas that our brain keeps concocting. Exactly. It's a waste of time. Um, in fact, it's more than a waste of time. There's a great book called How We Decide by Jonah Lehrer, who's like a road scholar journalist about the brain and this was cool i didn't know this before he said that uh, anxiety and worry is uh the brain's way of taking the energy out of your amygdala out of your fear right so it, they can brain scan this this is all new science last 10 years they can brain scan when you're like cycling i'm no good i'm too fat i'm too short i'm too old i'm too young i'm too poor i'm too rich whatever it is she doesn't like me. Nobody likes me. My mother didn't like me. Kids in high school didn't like me. All that, you know, running the cycles in your head. Yeah. What you're actually doing physiologically is you're drawing the energy out of your fear center and putting it into your uh, prefrontal cortex. And what they've discovered is that when you're running anxiety in your prefrontal cortex as a way of getting away from fear, right? It's an evolutionary sort of tick. Um, you can't make decisions. So it, it basically fills your prefrontal cortex so you can't problem solve. So one of the things we do in our workshops is, is really pull out those snags. I, I call them like snags in your consciousness that just distract you from boldly going for the life you want, boldly going for the decision, boldly walking up to a woman and say, you know, I noticed something about you, right? Assuming you actually took a moment to notice something about her. So the more in anxiety you are, you're actually damaging yourself because you can't make bold choices in your life. So I thought that was an interesting thing. So I want to I want to learn a little bit more about this in depth. So you're saying that the reason why our brain fills up with anxiety is to replace the fear. It's is it a way? It's like a mechanism to to not be scared. Yeah, it actually they can actually see the electricity. Uh, I'm not a brain scientist, um, but I play one on podcasts. Um, they can see the energy, like the heat, go from the amygdala, the fear center in the center of your brain, move to the prefrontal cortex, which is where you think. So they can they see that as a way of coping with fear. Yeah. So that's so that's what what your evil brain has decided to do. No, is, it's what your it's what your survival brain has decided to do. 
right? It's getting you out of fear. So you're not living in fear and just putting you into a, another state, which is not very helpful, but at least you're not, you know, your body is calming down. You know, you're not experiencing that fight or flight fear. You're just mentally masturbating on how shitty you are. But then, but then you have the physiological reactions of anxiety yes. and worry where you're like, your heart's beating and you're kind of, maybe it's not fear, but you're freaking out in, in another way. I think yeah, maybe but, we're at the point yeah. of consciousness where we're trying to evolve past that. I think maybe we're there right now. What do you think? You and me? Totally. I mean, we're, I, I mean, I mean just the, everyone. You know oh, what I mean? Like, humanity is like, all right, now we're trying to figure out a way to – because we don't need a lot of those fear instincts that we had before because, you know, right. I mean, we do a little bit, but like we weren't going to be eaten by, you know, I don't know, lions and shit like that. So no, now, right. you know, now we don't really need that. So it fills with this other thing. But that other thing that we like to call anxiety, worry – uh, right. maybe even depression, those things are not helping us out now in our daily lives and especially with, right. with being bold and meeting women. So I think we, right. it's our job to, to start to move past that and evolve past that. And I think that's what you're talking oh. about. And that's what you do in these, oh, these workshops. Yeah. Oh. oh, evolving ourselves is, that's one of my, I mean, look, that's we're you're right. Historically, we're at an interesting flex point of where we're going to go. Like either we are going to evolve or we're going to kill ourselves, you know? Um, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but I agree with you. I do agree with you. And I think, by the way, just a little future spotting. Um, you know, there are huge changes coming that we can't even imagine. I mean, it's going to change who we are. Uh, uh, biohacking is going to totally change who we are. CRISPR is going to change who we are. I mean, we're going places. How do but you mean? Let's talk. Oh, we, I just think the intersection of biology and technology is we 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 only have an inkling of what's coming. But like that, cryogenics. Yeah, everything. I mean, look, when VR comes along and you can sit at home and have sex with, you know. Oh, God. It, yeah. It worries go. me. Yeah, yeah. No one's going to leave their house. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then with then an interaction of technology and your actual biology and wetware, I mean, the, 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 it's going to blur between mind and machine. So. Yeah. But anyway, let's save that for the science fiction. Yeah, no, of course, of course. You know, it's funny though. Like I, and I'm going to be really vulnerable right now and just tell you something that has been bothering me that, that I don't like about what I'm doing. And it's, it's, it's something I should share because I think this is going to help guys kind of open up their, their, um, their minds a little bit more. Like I find myself walking down the street because now I'm in Chicago, right? I was in LA before. I was driving all the time. Now I'm walking all the time. And what do I find myself doing? I'm the asshole that's bumping into people because I'm looking down on my phone. I'm the oh, guy. Yeah. With, I mean, like, and it's funny because like I'm so aware of it, like, and I just cringe at myself. I'm like, oh my god, I'm that guy. I'm that guy where you know you're the person in the car and you're like, I'm about to hit this person. He has no idea yeah. because he's looking at Facebook or whatever the hell he's doing or emails or whatever, you know. And I'm just like. I'm trying to evolve past that and get to the point where like – and it's hard. It is hard because I'm so sucked in and not living in the present moment. And I think – I don't know. I think there is something to be said there about about boldness. I don't know. I don't well, think me, it's very you, bold to be yeah. sucked into that and not living in the present moment. Yeah. Yes and no. Let me let me give you a little solace on that one, OK? I'll take I it. I mean yeah. I've been that guy too. Of course I am. I probably still am. But it reminds me of a story. Many years ago, I was at a, a party here in town, and uh, there was a woman, young woman, and we were chatting. And she goes, uh, "You know what I hate about this town, L.A." And I go, "What?" 
she goes, guys are more interested in their careers than in me. And I'm like, well, that's because our careers are more interesting than you. And I don't mean that in a mean way. Like, really cool careers here. Film, music, television, technology. You know, like, it's a fucking amazing town. And our careers are really interesting. You know, if we lived in, and I apologize to anyone who lives in Akron, Ohio or something, but if we lived in some, you know, manufacturing town where people go to work and come home and there's no great creative drive, yeah, you're probably way more interesting than your job. But here, it's really interesting. There's cool shit going on every day in this town, right? Chicago too, I'm sure. So um, so there's an analogy here, which is this, and I've noticed this with myself. You know, that stupid thing you're hold, holding in your hand is fucking fascinating. There's so much interesting shit there, right? And in many ways, it's more interesting than the so-called present moment. And look, I'm all about the present moment. I'm all about Vipassana. I'm all about Buddhism. I'm all about being present with people in conversation. But truth is, it's pretty amazing what you got in your hand, and it's probably more interesting than the people around you or whatever you're doing at the moment or walking down the street. Now, is the architecture pretty? Is it a beautiful day? Do you want to feel the sun in your face? Yes. But, uh, but don't torture yourself too much because we're in a transition period where it happens to be in your hand. You know, in 10, 20 years, it'll be on your contact lens. You know? Now, is that good or bad? I don't know. But don't kill yourself too much over it now because it's fascinating what's in the palm of your hands. It's the whole universe of knowledge. Does that make you feel any better? It makes me feel a little, yeah. It, it helps rationalize, you know, why, well, definitely why I do it. And you know, it's the thing is, is I, I, I would never do that in a place where I'm there for the first time. I don't need to. It's way more totally. interesting to look at, um, uh, you know, the the buildings in Japan versus uh, right. me taking the same walk to the to the train that I do when I'm going right. out in, in in downtown Chicago. So of course, I don't need to see right. the jewel. And I don't need to see, you know, the same gas station. It's a little bit more right. interesting to check what's going on on the phone. But now that said, by the way, that said, on a date when you're with a woman, it is a massive masculine virtue to be one pointed, to not be distracted by your phone. And I recommend anyone who goes on a date, you pull out your phone, you turn it off and put it on the table, or put it away. I happen to like the gesture of turning it off, and putting it on the table, um, because I had kids when I was dating. I would take it out and say, listen, I'm just going to put this here because of my kids. I won't pick up for anyone else, but I always have to keep an eye out for that. And I'd make a point of it. But otherwise, turn it off, put it on the table, show that you really care about the person you're with. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. You know, when I was dating in Los Angeles, and this was uh, when I was learning more about attraction, uh, but I still was working as an assistant to a producer, I was very upfront. I said, listen, I'm not going to look at my phone, but if it does ring, it could be my boss and I might have to pick it up. So sure. I just want to let you know. And that honesty, they were like, oh, that's cool. That's fine. So when I did look at my phone from time to time, you know, they knew what was up and it wasn't a big deal. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny too because I'm always looking out for the girl on the date too. It is a big turnoff to me when Huge. she's checking her phone. And I mean, it's okay if she checks it for a second. I don't care. I'm not that picky. But if she's lingering on that phone for a little bit you know i'm like either i'm doing something really off and she's not having a good time or it's just uh it's just very rude you know it's like it's just nice to be able to to have that moment but going back to what we were saying before i think it'd be good i think it's a, a good practice at the least to maybe not be on your phone all the time when you're walking down the street just so you yeah. can get into the practice of being aware being present so you when you are with 
a girl, when you are with a friend, when you are uh, doing whatever you're doing and trying to do really cool things, that you don't have that quick addiction to go to it. You know, so. yeah, it's funny you mention. It's funny you mention. I just uh, we were talking earlier. I just finished five weeks of travel training workshops, and uh, I got home. I am in the mountains above LA, Malibu, and I go hiking. And this morning, I specifically and purposely did not listen to a podcast. I usually listen to a podcast when I go, and I said I could leave my phone behind. Should I take it with me? Maybe I'll take notes. You know, and it was funny. It was like an effort not to put on a podcast. Because I love podcasts, I you know I love learning. But it was it was a beautiful morning, so I actually had to uh, make the point of not not being digitally connected, which was quite nice. Right, right. I love it. Okay, we're not. I don't think we're off topic, but I just want to switch a little bit and go back and talk more about anything maybe we have missed that we should cover on boldness. Because I I want guys to really absorb this ideology from you and and hear this perspective because I think it's really cool. I think it's okay. really simple, and I think guys can start using this in their everyday life to to get better with women. I think it's really important. Cool. So is there anything else you can share with us, any tips, any ideas for guys in terms yeah. of, of of your, your uh, thoughts? Yeah. Well, let's talk about just the stance you bring, okay? Like what stance do you have coming into life with women? That's really important. So I'll run through some of the ones. Um, I'm a hundred percent here with you, like totally focused and a hundred percent detached from outcome. That should be a stance. I'm hundred percent here for the adventure and you're welcome to join me, right? I'm here in this life for an adventure. You're welcome to join me. Not can I weasel my way into your life, but here's my fucking life. These are the things that I'm doing. This is why I'm excited about who I am. Want to come, right? I'm a hundred percent curious about the world. Fearless to understand it. I'm the absolute master of my stance, state, and stage. Um, I'm inspiringly decisive. I say and do things only because I choose and I want to. That's a really powerful one. I'm centrally awake to every moment. There's something we were just talking about. Um, I'm 100% comfortable talking about sex. I only talk about positive things. Um, uh, I steer conversations toward edge and spontaneity, risk, boundary breaking, the ride of life. Uh, I'm too busy loving my life to say anything negative about anyone else. Uh, I challenge a woman when I want to and when it opens her, not for you know, the, the desire to, to one-up on her, but for the sake of her, which is a really – that's a deep subject by the way, the difference between what I call seduction and claim. Like when you're in conversation with women, if your attitude, if your intention is really to create a great experience, you can challenge her pretty strongly, but really only if it serves her. And that's a that's kind of a, a deep thing. But that's how, how do you really, mean exactly? Yeah, let's talk about that. Like if somebody's hidden, if they're hiding, if they're not telling the truth, if they're not really present, call them out in a loving way. Right? Call them out. Don't be afraid. Say, hey, I'm really enjoying talking to you. I feel like you, you know, I, I just feel like you went somewhere in your head. And they'll go, oh, God, I'm really sorry. Wow, thanks for noticing. Right? Um, to be fully present means, you know, David Data talks about being all pervading. You know, he has this great sort of expression that how you penetrate the world is how you penetrate a woman. And masculine consciousness sits in a very calm, unneedy place and feels what's happening and isn't moved by it, isn't threatened by it, isn't intimidated by it. You know, you're kind of feeling her where she is. So you can sense. What's going on with her? I'll give you a great example. I was on a date a bunch of years ago with this woman. She could have been like the poster of Miss Sweden, okay? She was actually Swedish. She was unconscionably beautiful. I met her online, great, deep woman, spiritual. I uh, met her on Match. 
we walked into a restaurant in Brentwood here and just everyone turned and like, who's that asshole? He must be really rich, right? Because she's stunning. Kind of like I get that with, with my wife now. But um, so we sit down and, uh, and we start talking. And I swear, dude, we're five minutes into the conversation when she mentions her last boyfriend, the super rich guy, Jets, blah, blah, blah. And I had this intuition because of her face when she talked about him. And I said to her, can I ask you a really personal question? And she said, yeah. And I said, has anyone ever seen you for who you actually are? And she just started weeping. Whoa. She said, she said, no. Now, guys, I want you to pay attention. This is not technique, all right? This is not manipulation. It's not a move. It's actually having a pervading consciousness. It's actually paying attention to the person across from you. I had an intuition. And I didn't force it on her. I asked her, can I ask you a personal question? Because I could tell that guys all wanted her because she was so beautiful. And I really opened a door. We ended up having an amazingly deep conversation. That's boldness, you know, like really not being afraid to um, to speak into truth as you feel it without, you know, uh, imposing it on her. But to talk about what you're feeling, what your intuition is. That's one thing. Okay, so that's what I mean about bold noticing. You know, notice what's happening. I said with the woman who I married recently, right? My wife, who's amazing, gorgeous, amazing human being, deep, warm, funny. You just met her. Um, we were on our first date and I said to her, I would ask her a question, a question and she would go, correct. You know, and I, I said to her, you talk funny, you know, and she laughed and she goes, well, I'm a professional. You know, she works with a lot of celebrity families. She's a specialist in kind of autism and behavior stuff. And she has this professional demeanor. Well, I noticed that she talked funny. So that opened up the whole conversation about that. Um, other women, what, you know, if you pay attention, the word is penetration. Penetrate. Like, really be inside. Try to feel what's going on in her. You know, I once said to a woman, I could be wrong, but I noticed a certain sadness when you talk about your sister. I'm like, oh, yeah, wow. How'd you know that? You know, I haven't talked to her for three years, that kind of thing. Um, so there's that. You can also be really raw, and this is kind of a California thing, but it works. You can say to a woman, you know, I notice I'm having a really good time with you, and I notice that I'm a little nervous talking to you, like my heart's beating faster. I'm having a really good time. You're not apologizing. You're being vulnerably true, right? You're not, you're not being submissive, but you're actually noticing what's true in the moment, and there's a, there's a great boldness around that. Right. It's not, it's not showing a sign of of weakness. If anything, the weakness would be trying desperately to hide that. And then a Hope. woman and then a woman she knows. Pick yeah, exactly, picking up on that. <laughs> They're so much smarter than us. Right. But you know, boldness can also be boldly flirting. And this again, I discovered by doing it. Um when, on my online profiles, one of the the best uh, techniques I used back in the day and you can still use today is called the we game. We're the kind of couple who people look at, you know, we're the kind of people, you know, couple who people say, I want to be like them. They're always laughing. They're always touching They're They always seem to be having a good time. They never fight, you know, whatever it is you want to say, right? I call it the we game. So boldly create a we. So for example, I discovered this when I was on a cruise down in uh, somewhere and, uh, I was in a hot tub. I met this exquisitely beautiful girl. And we're sitting there side by side in a hot tub and this older couple gets in and goes, hi, you know, uh, you guys married? I'm like, yeah. And I just met her. And I go, yeah, we got married five years ago. You know, we met right here on this boat and actually we met in this hot tub. So every year we get a babysitter and they watch the kids, you know, I mean, little Chloe doesn't like it. And I went into this whole story about how we were married <laughs> and how we come back every year for five years and I just went with it. And 
ended up with a girl. Um, right, she, that's hilarious. Hilarious. So bold doesn't just mean like raw and authentic, which is great. Bold means you have fun, you flirt fun, you know. Uh, if you're at a party and, and you just meet a girl and you turn to some other people, they come up, you go, I'd like you to meet my fiance. We haven't told anybody yet. You know, have some fun. Be bold. People love that. Women generally love that. You know, there's always the exception. But women generally love a guy who takes a risk because it shows courage and it all goes back to fighting mastodons. You know, it all goes back to can they trust a guy who can set bold direction, who can take a bold risk, who's not afraid, right? Courage, boldness is the number one attractor. And I have a scientific book called 59 Seconds to prove it and I have a lifetime to prove it to. I love it. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. So so why don't we wrap up here and why don't you tell the guys – What's something that they can do today to start living this bolder life? What, like what's, what, what's some quick action steps, really easy stuff that they can start? I, I, like, I like kind of giving guys some, some yeah. stuff that they can go off and do so they're not just yeah. mentally masturbating and listening to podcasts and, and, not, and then forgetting <laughs> them you know, the next day. Like I do all the time, by the way. Right. With, with books okay. too. I, I read books and I'm like, oh, this is so good. And like a year later, I'm like, it's like I never even read it. It's like, oh, I should have been taking notes. I should have done something. But anyways. Notes. Yeah. By the way, you, uh, I use uh, a, a Rev, which is an app where you read in your notes and then they send you a document. It's a dollar a minute. It's awesome. Nice. R-E-V. Cool. Uh, something you can do right now. Number one, get rid of the idea of asking girls out. Uh, I always say the bold approach is to state the date. Uh, so – Hey, I'm really having a good time with you. You like jazz, right? Next Friday, there's XYZ playing. I want to take you there, and then we're going to take you out for the best chocolate martini you ever had. Are you free at 7? Right? Boom. Or I'll pick you up at 7 is even better. It's not obnoxious, but it's basically saying, I want to take you. I'm taking you. Not, are you free next Saturday night? Some women may resist, by the way. Some may not like it. Most women like the strong lead. Okay? So state the date rather than ask for it. If you're interested in dating women, um, you should know the social calendar coming up. You should know if there are art openings or wine tastings or concerts or comedians or whatever it is, not movies. Um, Know your schedule so you know where to take them. So state the date is a really important um, first step. And number two is do something that fucking scares you. Do something new. Go learn how to give an erotic massage. Join an improv class. Go learn a new adventure sport. Do MMA training, whatever it is. But do something so that you're bristling with life. And that you're going somewhere so women can be uh, turned on by you. And of course, on a larger scale, stand for something important, right? Stand for something bigger than yourself because ultimately that's what inspires women, a guy who stands for something more than himself. When you're in your 20s and everything, yeah, you're building your life. It's fine. Uh, as you get older in 30s, 40s, beyond, if you're not contributing to the world in a big way, there's something very small about you. And women don't generally get excited about that guy. You know, the more you know, the more you grow, the more you give back. It's the natural cycle of life. So stand for something big. Do something for someone else. Um, you'd be amazed. You, you know women. women. Women love guys who are in service. Ask any firefighter. I love it. I love it. Perfect. Adam, thanks Chip, I love so much. This was yep. really great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, of course. This was this – is, I, I like just, you know, being able to, to speak raw and – and, and share stories and uh, and at the same time give some really great information. So if you're still with us, then go to tripadvice.com slash boldness because you can get 21 Laws of Boldness. It's 100% free. So go check that out, tripadvice.com slash boldness to learn more about 
how boldness can work for you and your life with women. And Adam, thanks, man. I think we will have you on again. In fact, I know we will because I feel like uh, we had some good rapport here and, and just kind of hit the tip of the iceberg in, in terms of helping these guys out. So thank you for Happy coming to come on. Back. And uh, glad we could do it with all your crazy traveling because I, I know that you're a very busy man. So uh, I'm glad we oh, were able to nail it down. My pleasure. Really great. I love you, man. I love what you're doing. Happy to come back anytime you want. Awesome. Thanks so much. Bye, dude. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and write a review. Over 18 and want a question answered on the podcast? Email all your questions to trip at tripadvice.com.